This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin. I'm your host and the ministry lead here at Parenting for Faith. I want to start off with an apology. I did say at the end of episode six that we were going to have a bonus episode about Halloween and that we were going to do a Facebook Live on it. But as you all know, parenting is all about plan Bs. And we were visited by the dreaded chunder train. Uh, There was a lot of sick in my house and we were in a a vomino situation where another child had gone down. My husband was out and I felt like I was about to go. And I thought, no, it's not going to happen. So thank you so much for understanding. I'm sure you've been there. I hope you found the bonus Halloween episodes that we spotlighted for you um, and the extra videos that we played on our website. Do feel free to go back and look at those. But Halloween is over now. But we have got a new event that I'm really excited to share about um, that I hope you can make called Scared of Screwing It Up. (laughs) If I had to say the thing that we hear most from parents and carers, it would be that phrase or some version of it. I'm worried about getting it wrong. I care about this. I want my children, I want my teenagers to meet and know God, but I'm really scared of screwing it up. And so we're just going to speak right into that. So we've got an event on the 15th of November at eight o'clock on Facebook Live. um, And Rachel Turner, who has written the brand new book, Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith, is going to unpack some of that, going to get really practical with some tools, is going to answer any of your questions, anything that you want. Um, So you can send those in advance. You can ask them and respond in real time. Now, I'm just going to call it, we had a huge team debate. It is the Bake Off final that night. Many of you won't care about Bake Off, and that is absolutely fine and good. And I hope you just go to Rachel's event. But if for you, this is a huge personal dilemma of do I go to Bake Off or do I watch Scared of Screwing It Up? Please know that both of them uh, you will be able to watch on Catch Up afterwards. Uh, So you don't have to choose, you can do both. And if there's questions and things that you specifically want Rachel to cover, um, do send those um, either by private message or email us in advance and we can make sure that she still answers those. So really excited about that. And then just to tell you about something else coming down the track, um, at the end of November, starting the 29th of November, we have an opportunity to double your money. Uh, You know that we run on your generosity, your donations. Uh, And for one week, we're doing a big give campaign, which means for every pound that you donate, we get two pounds uh, to keep doing things like creating this podcast and the courses that we create, the website, everything that we do. Uh, So we'll give you a reminder near the time, but just to say that's coming up. Uh, But I'm going to go over now to a conversation that I had with Rachel Turner about puberty and growing up. So I'm here with Rachel Turner, the founder and grandmother of Parenting for Faith, very official title, who has recently written Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith. And we're going to be talking about that a bit later. Um, But we have got Rachel here to talk about puberty and growing up. We've been doing this heads up season saying what's coming down the track? What do you want to talk to your kids about? But you're not quite sure how to bring up the conversation or you're not sure how to approach it with them. And this was a really difficult topic that nobody wanted to do. And I thought, I know the person who we can quiz about this. I'll talk about anything. Rachel will answer on anything. (laughs) So let's get down to it. Um, What is it? Why are are we so awkward about it? Why are parents so 
um, fearful of this conversation? Why does it make us feel uncomfortable? Talk to me about that. What's going on? That's a great question. Uh, I think some of it is we have to acknowledge our kids are getting older and it's like, and, uh, and that stuff, when it comes to things like sex, when it comes to things like bodies and stuff, we get, we can tend to get really worried that we're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to do the wrong thing. Or if we don't say the exactly perfect thing, then we're going to open the door for our kids to like mess up. And I think we feel very um, pressured to do it right. Um, And there's no clear, nobody says, like with vaccinations, you know, or something, there's the medical community, he goes, these are the times that you need to do these things. Uh, And whether or not you choose to do them is up to you, but at least you have some sort of guide work for that. And when it comes to growing up conversations, it's like, good luck. And you're you're like, is it, should I do it when I'm nine or my kid's 12? Or when's the moment to have the one talk? And I think we've in our head put it down to, um, there are a few awkward moments that I need to have with my kids. And when's the right time to have the awkward moments? And I think that that's a completely wrong way of thinking about it. And if we can change our mind about it, then we can stop being so worried and stressed about the the, uh, approach. Yeah, no, that's that's really helpful. And so what's the starting point for parents? How do they figure out what they think, I guess, first and before approaching it with their children? Um, I guess, first of all, I want to say that it's not it's not just one conversation. It's not it's not like you have five good conversations that you need to have with your teenager in order to set them up. And those are masturbation, puberty, uh, you know, sex before marriage and pornography. There aren't five conversations to have. What we're setting ourselves up to do as parents is say, right, I've parented you through the kids season. And now I get to parent you through the teenage season. And that's going to be a fun season. And there's lots of things that you're going to learn in the next nine years. And I want to help you learn them. And when we position ourselves to say, this isn't about having one conversation, this is about discipling our kid and walking alongside our kid as they grow up. Um, That means that you will be talking about these kind of things from when they're a teenager through to when they're in their twenties. And then after they get married and after that, this is just a part of life. These growing up conversations, what's happening to your body. Um, You know, Hey, when I had, when I had my cancer thing and uh, they took out my uterus and ovaries, Um, I was, my mom was coaching me through menopause, like, like your mom, your parents coach you through all sorts of body stuff in your life. And it starts now. It starts before when they were toddlers, you had no problem talking about poop and we all the time. Uh, This is just another thing that's happening to their body. It's another thing that's happening to their heart. It's another thing that you're walking them with. And when we can take away the awkwardness about it, then it's just a joyful one more thing that my job is to walk with you in. Uh, and we're going to have lots of conversations about it. And I'm going to help you through it because I'm your parent. And practically, what does that look like? Because you're excellent about talking about uh, topics that everyone else finds awkward, conversations <laughs> that other people find difficult. You just come up with the right words and are completely unembarrassed and excellent. And we're all in awe of you. So for a parent who's like, I don't want to say rude words, I don't want to say, how, okay. how do you help people to get over there, get over those okay. barriers? Excellent question. One, uh, think about what you actually think. I think some of the reason why we're awkward is because we haven't actually 
thought about this before. So we haven't actually sat down and thought, okay, what is my stance on masturbation? And how would I explain what I think? Or do I just want to, I haven't actually thought about it yet. So you end up deer in the headlights moments where you're like, and so some of it is, is have awkward conversations with your friends. This is where friends come in. This is where partners come in and go, okay, I think I'm approaching conversation. And, uh, I don't know what I think. What do you think? And we can have those conversations go, okay. And if I was explaining it, I'm just going to try to explain it. I spend a lot of time explaining things to myself. Like, okay, if I had to explain this right now, what would I say? And then think about it and go, that's a terrible way of explaining it. What would I do? And just, just allowing yourself the space and time to think about it. Because I think once you actually know what you think and know how you want to say it, because you know what your kid's like, then, then the fear goes away. You're not afraid of being surprised by it. Um, and so think about those topics now, whether it's how you want to explain that your kids are going to have a huge amount of emotions. Um, I like explaining the biology to kids. Like, you know, you're, there's something that's going to pump a lot more emotions and you're going to feel some strong stuff. And that emotion is real. That doesn't mean you get to act out on those emotions, but I totally understand that it's happening. Uh, and just however you choose to explain it, if you think about, well, these are the things I want to explain to my kid, how their body works, how their emotions work. Um, this is, you know, how some people think about sex. There's a switch in your head that goes on and all of a sudden you're thinking about stuff you didn't before and that's okay. That's normal. Um, think about those things and talk about them with your friends and feel free to read. And so then you can decide on your own what you think. Um, and then you can begin to not feel awkward about it. Um, I feel awkward because usually my first response is going to be terrible. So, and we all know that, like, if I'm put on the spot, I'm probably going to be really awkward. Uh, so, uh, so do the thinking yourself, put yourself on the spot in places that doesn't matter. And I think that's why this is a great topic to think about in advance, because I was thinking of, you know, what's, what's certain in life. This is an issue. This is a topic that affects every human ever. So it's yes. not a case of, will my child ask me about this one day or will we need to talk about it? Yes, you 100% will. So you don't need to dread that conversation and worry about that moment. You can be proactive, bring it up and um, do it at some times where you've thought about stuff and you're ready to be in control and also just roll with it. They will ask, I got asked where babies come from and how they're made in the middle of the dinner with some other people. And they wanted to know right then and there. So that was where we had the conversation. And I think just being, they, they will have questions and it's okay to go with that. And you can go back and say, uh, I didn't explain that very well. Let's have another try. We, we had to have another go with a library book a week later. <laughs> I clearly did not explain very well. Yeah. Um, my kids are a bit younger, so this is a different example. But you know, they, we don't have to worry about, will those conversations happen? They will. So it's just about facing yeah. it, getting a little bit prepared in your head, not with a right answer and a correct answer, but as you say, just thinking about just figuring out what you think. And don't wait for the question. Like for me, mm. that, that also gives a lot more control on us because if we're waiting for the question, then we're trying to, to give the, the, trying to shove the information in the moment where we can just say, okay, hold on. We're watching this television program. Wait a minute. There seems to be this assumption on television that you hit 13 and all of a sudden kids don't want to hang out with their parents anymore. And I just want to say to you, 
that is wrong. <laughs> that is not the way that I expect because it's about staying connected in that. And I understand it's going to change, but I just want to let you know, that's not, that's, that's movie life. That's not real life. And framing those things ahead of time, you know, or saying, you know, I just realized that there's a lot more stuff, you know, that's coming up about sex. And uh, I just want you to know, that's a normal thing to talk about. And it's a normal thing to wonder about. And you know, we can always have that conversation whenever you want. And to get ahead of those things is really helpful because our job is to lay the framework for our kids, to give them the heads up. You know, you're talking about giving us the heads up, but for us, our job is to give kids a heads up of what's coming. Otherwise they're like, what's happening to my body? We're like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. That's called an erection. Uh, But if we go, hey, bodies are changing. And at some point in the future, this may be happening uh, to you. And that's okay. This, there's the pillow trick. You know, honey, if you show them the pillow trick, show them the pillow trick. And there's all of these things that you can, you can lay for your kid. Cause the more you're not bothered about it, the more you're not awkward about it, the more that you're saying, I never want you to run into something in your life that you haven't at least thought about yet. My job is to give you a heads up about it. Um, that is so useful for your t- kids because they, they know what's coming. Um, and you get to then set the narrative for their future, whether it's saying, I'm really excited for you to be a teenager. Um, because sometimes they get told like, you know, oh, they turn into grumpy teenagers. And we have this real negative worldview of what teenagers are. And they hear this. It makes me so angry. They hear this all the time. You're the grunting teenager, the teenager who smells, you know, and we surround them with this negative thing. And then they enter into that. And they feel grumpy and they can smell themselves or sometimes they don't. And they're like aware of themselves. But if we say this teen life is going to be great and you're going to learn how to be independent and you're going to learn how to make choices and you're going to be discovering what you're great at. And I am so excited for you to be a teenager. It's going to be a great time for us in our relationship and in your life. There's something about saying all of this is really positive. All of these things you're going to discover. It's really, really, really good. And I'm going to be with you in it. Um, yeah, so we give them heads up. I love that. I, I love that you don't have to subscribe to that negative stereotype and that you can you can switch that around. Some of it is hard, though. Some things mm. about puberty and growing up are difficult. And our children and young people are going to have questions. They're going to um, have things that are concerning them or things they're worried about or just things they want to know more about. How can we as parents and carers make ourselves available? How can we let them know that we're there and also how we will respond when they have those kind of questions? I think that's really important that you have those two things of creating opportunities for them to talk about it. Because as we all know, starting conversations are hard. And so if your kid's going, I have a question about my body, um, things on my body are changing, And I don't know if that's normal or not. And then they're going to sit and stress and worry and then figure out how to bring it up. Um, Where if we are giving the opportunities, you know, by the way, just so you know, over these next two years, things are going to happen to your body. And they kind of look like this. Then they go, hey, that thing you were talking about, I think that's happening to me is a totally different starting point. So creating those little little opportunity conversations can be really, really helpful. Um, But also letting them know how we're going to respond to them is a huge question mark for teenagers because they're thinking, I'm feeling these big emotions. 
are you going to be angry at me when I experience these big emotions or I'm going to make mistakes and am I going to get punished for making mistakes? And they have all of these queries because they're changing and they don't know how we're going to change in response. And so one of the biggest gifts we can give to our teenagers is framing for them how I am going to parent you in this season. So saying things like, I don't expect you to be perfect. You are going to make loads of mistakes because you're learning how to make big decisions and nobody makes perfect decisions all the time. You're going to make mistakes. And when you do, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a conversation about it. And I'm going to ask you what your thought process was. And I'm going to ask you what it was like. And, and now what are your reflections on that? And we're going to make a plan for wisdom next so that I know that you're learning from it. I don't expect you to not make mistakes. I expect you to learn from the mistakes when you make them and make me feel um safe and trusting you that you're learning from your process. That's what it's going to look like when you make a mistake. So then they know what to expect. Then they're not afraid. They're not hiding. They're not thinking, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? We are doing that. You are saying, if you get so filled with emotion that you feel like you're just going to lose it and you're screaming um, and you say, I just need some time. I'm going to let you take your time but I expect you to come out and continue the conversation. I'm not going to hunt you down. I'm not going to bang on your door. Um, but when you calm down and you're ready, then let's come out. We're going to continue the conversation because we don't just end things because we're emotional. We always reconcile, but I'm happy to let you have the time to do that. Letting them know that means that they are then safe in any circumstance that they're in. If you have an awkward question about your body and you're not sure you want to look at me while you're doing that, that's okay. You can text it to me. You can ask me questions. I can leave books around, um, but I'd love to talk to you about it and, and whatever you want. And if you ask the question, I'm not going to try to teach you more than what you're asking. I'm happy to just give you a little answer. Um, it's more important that you come to me about it. I don't want you Googling it. I want you to come to me about it because Google will give you all sorts of weird information. I want you to ask me about it because I can give you the, the answer that you need. Um, and so you just give them all of those things and it makes them feel peaceful and it makes them feel partnered with and it makes them feel important to you um, because uh, they then are learning how to handle all of those things when it comes. Mm. And I was just thinking as you were saying that about actually this is something else that we can apply the, the six stage circle to. So um if you're not familiar with it it's one of the models that Rachel uses in the Parenting for Faith course it's in session six uh, and there we're obviously specifically thinking about a faith context but um uh, so the first stage of that is model so you're obviously not going through puberty at the same time as your child so it might be reflecting back it might be using things around you but then framing we've talked loads about how can you give them a context how can you help them understand what's going on how can you talk about those things as part of everyday life so it's not a surprise but the bit I was thinking about is next which is equip and give boundaries you know I remember some conversations in my house of just to say if anyone wants to change their bedding at any time that's absolutely fine you go ahead and do that there won't be any questions asked and here's the spare bedding and here's the stuff or you know there is deodorant there are three different types of deodorant in the bathroom and anyone can use it at any time and no siblings are to comment on anyone's use or choice of deodorant or you know this is what it's for um and I think we can think about we know for our kids oh, okay we're hitting this now this is something that might be relevant how can we equip them to respond to those very practical things um and then just put some boundaries around you know it's fine to within that to explore these different things but we won't we won't overstep those boundaries this is like you were just saying for example really appreciate it if you came to me rather than googling um, 
because there's all sorts out there. That's a brilliant example of a boundary and just how to equip them to live in this world well and, and navigate it well. Yeah, so yeah. I love that. I love that framing that um, your parents did because they were saying exactly this is how I'm going to respond and I'm equipping you to deal with it yourself because that's okay too. You know, you are learning how to independently live, but I'm here to support you and provide for you what you need to manage yourself well is a beautiful way that um, that that parent gave you that um, framing. It's a, it's a really um, equipping experience for a teenager to learn to manage those things. Um, and it's saying, I'm, I'm here if you need me, and this is how I'm going to be here if you need me. And it's really powerful. Mm. And what about the wider sort of church and community? I appreciate lots of families will just want to handle this of it's just a, a parent and child thing. Um, but we sometimes get questions, particularly from single parent families where the child's a, a different sex to them or you know, is this the kind of thing where it might be helpful to bring in a, a relative or someone from the church community? Or do you think that makes it a, a bigger deal when it doesn't need to be? Um, first of all, I would like to say that I think it's really, really important that parents of both genders get very, very, very clued up on children, on people of both genders, because mm. um, you may find I think sometimes we go, ah, it's a boy body. Therefore, a man must talk about a boy body. And, uh, and actually, you may find, I have worked with many families, that the boys actually feel more comfortable talking to their mothers about the body stuff because their mothers are the ones who did a lot of the body stuff before. Or you may find mm. that the girls actually may find more comfortable talking to a dad and is actually really valuable to have a dad who's like, you know, how you doing? Here's some, you know, here's some painkillers. And I understand what's happening to your body. And that's a normal thing. It's not gross for men to know about that is a thing that I'm happy to support you in and know about. And like that cross gender thing, I think is really, really important to both genders. So if you have a child of an opposite gender to you, learn all about it, learn all about how it works and what's common and what's not common. Uh, because I think it's really important to both genders to feel understood by both genders. And if you don't have both genders in your family, um, it's okay to say like this and you know, this is what's happening. And, um, and to, like we say about creating windows and framing, I think it's really helpful to say, you know, men deal with it lots of different ways. And if, if, if you don't have a, a close man who can have that conversation, you can say, you know, this is a, a thing that happens. And that's, you know, why we have other people in our community to talk about those things like youth leaders, like, you know, other people um, to do that. And this is what I know based on my brothers, my friends, my people, um, but we can gather more information if you want. And then you can talk to a youth leader and say, hey, can you just do a vague conversation about it for everybody? Because not everybody, you know, we need to hear more opinions than one opinion. And you can pull that in. I think it's much harder to say, and kids find it much more awkward for people to go, oh, well, we need to find someone to talk with you about it. I shall find someone for you and then say, so talk about the most private places of your life. <laughs> <laughs> in an awkward, arranged conversation, but it's about building those relationships with people that they feel like they actually would have that conversation with, that they would ask questions. Do you have people who come over regularly? Do you have close friends? Do you have grandparents or extended families that, that actually you think, if my kid was feeling awkward, they have access to other adults, other communities, older people in their life who they would feel comfortable in. So rather than doing arranged growing up conversations you might just want to say I want to invest in this season in relationships with other adults so that my kid can build a trust and an openness with other adults so that when those conversations come up they have people to grab onto 
And I think there's something about framing that this is an okay thing to talk about in our families and in our, you know, communities or whatever. And it's actually, it's an okay thing to talk to God about. Yeah. We do a lot of chat and catch with under fives and we say, you can show God your poo on the potty and tell him your favorite Border Patrol character. But we sometimes forget to say to our 12 year olds, you know, you can tell God how you feel about your body hair or your period or, you know, these emotions that you're feeling that God cares about every bit of them and is interested in the things that most matter to them. And those are going to be big questions and thoughts and ponderings in their mind. It's fine to chat to God about that. You know, he, he wants to be part of that um, and, and just included in that conversation. Yeah. God made your body. There's nothing that is happening in your body, in your heart or in your mind that he is surprised by or grossed out by like that for me. He is the one person I can talk to when I'm experiencing horrific bleeding or when I am experiencing, you know, when I, I remember saying like, you know, I watch television with God and sometimes I'm like, all right, God, and I've decided I cannot watch that television program anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I remember George of the jungle was a movie that I was like, nope, that is something that God and I are not allowed to watch again. But what a helpful thing to frame yeah. for your kids that, hey, sometimes, you know, if you're having these feelings and you're watching a film, yep. it might be that you chat to God and say, is this good for me? Is this working for us? And yep. you listen to him and see what he says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Great example. God's not embarrassed. God is not embarrassed. I think that I feel like if I could just tattoo that in my head, it's like God is not embarrassed by anything you can say to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Maybe not on your head, but. Uh, no, but I want like everyone to like know it. that God is not embarrassed. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. This has been really, really helpful. Um, Rachel has a book just out, uh, which is not about all this stuff. We just asked her about this stuff because we wanted to know. Uh, But it is about teenagers. It's called Parenting Teens for a Life of Faith. Um, And it is available now from all the good bookshops. I feel like that's the thing you have to say, but it really is from all the places. Even Waterstones I saw, which I was quite excited about. Did you? Yes. Isn't wow. that exciting? That uh, but just, just briefly, what is Parenting Teens for Life of Faith about? Uh, it is basically looking at the spirituality of teenagers and how teenagers' brains and hearts work and how to help them find their authentic path with God um, by being the imperfect parent that we all are. Uh, and so it is taking the Parenting for Faith tools and applying them really specifically to parenting teenagers, uh, the truths that you need to know, some encouragements, um, different ideas of how teenage spirituality works, and uh, lots and lots and lots of stories of teen faith and how we can do it. So there's some content from, from the sort of general Parenting Children for Life of Faith and, uh, and a lot of new content. Fantastic. So buy yourself a copy, get someone one for Christmas, because this is the time where you're thinking, what do I buy those people? Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, have get yourself a copy of that. That would be great. Uh, thanks so much for your time, Rachel. Thank um, you. Goodbye. Bye. And a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. How do you think Jesus might have helped his younger brothers with growing up? Or not helped? I don't know. Have a great conversation. We'll be back next week talking about engaging kids with the Bible with Edrew from Faith in Kids. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. 
And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you. 